Time to bring in Sean Devity, NBA editor for Heavy.com, contributor for Forbes Sports, based in Massachusetts. Jazz are playing the Celtics tonight. Sean, good morning. How are you guys? Good. Jazz fans have their questions. It was so much fun watching them annihilate so many teams by 15 or 20 points, many of them who are decent teams who had 500-ish records, a little over, a little below, and the Jazz handled so many of them so easily, and now suddenly they're not. Four and five in the last nine games, and here come the Celtics, two games over 500. How worried should the Jazz be about the Celtics? What do you think of the way they're playing? Yeah, the Celtics uh, have have sort of been emblematic of what's going on around the league this year in that you know, they had a bunch of COVID issues early on, and that 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 uh, after a good start, they're eight and three uh, at one point, uh, and uh, that, then they started to get all the COVID issues. Uh, Jason Tatum was out for a while, then a few players who uh, had to sit out, uh, and that really threw them off. And the lack of practice time uh, that you have after that, uh, they just it really took them a long time to get themselves back together. And, and you look at a team like Miami or Dallas, you know, they, they, it's the same sort of dynamic uh, with a lot of those teams. You know, you don't have the practice time. So once things get really thrown off, it's hard to get it back together. Now, the Celtics had uh, a period where, uh, you know, it just looked like a bottom fell out. They, they had a big loss to Atlanta uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, after that, they've, they've, they've since rallied, and, and they've won, uh, uh, I think it's five out of six now. So, uh, you know, they've gotten themselves back together, uh, but, you know, it's still a pretty fragile team right now. It's still a team that it's just, it's just so hard, uh, uh, you know, when you have those COVID issues to, uh, to bounce back. And, and like I said, we've seen it all over the league. So for a team that had high expectations and hasn't met them so far, and it's still time to go, and it's going to matter what you do in the postseason, but so far they haven't been met, haven't met, and we know Boston is a rabid fan base. Where is the frustration centered to? Where does it go? You know, uh, what we've seen uh, this year is, is probably the first time that it's been uh, focused on, on, on Brad Stevens. Uh, probably not fairly, uh, in my opinion. Like I said, there was, there was the COVID stuff. And, uh, and, and, and the real problem here is uh, just a complete lack of depth. Uh, Danny Ainge, I think, is probably the one who should take uh, the bulk of the blame because he just—he's not built a bench that uh, uh, that Brad Stevens can rely on. Uh, you know, they just—they've—they've uh, they've sort of fallen in love, or Ainge has sort of fallen in love uh, with all these young guys who who uh, Stevens can't really play. You know, uh, a guy like a Javante Green or uh, even a Grant Williams. Uh, Carson Edwards, you know, so they've got a lot of guys on the roster who really aren't useful. Uh, in NBA games right now, maybe they will be down the road, but, but you're, you're sort of saddled with this bench that, uh, uh, that, 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 that's really, uh, been, been counterproductive in a lot of ways. So I, I think the depth is, uh, uh, is, is the real problem, and that's on Danny Ainge. Uh, but a lot of fans have taken out their frustration on Brad Stevens and, uh, uh, point the finger at him. He's been around now for, uh, for eight years, and, and really this is the first time uh, where uh, where fans have really gotten on him. Jason Tatum is 23. Jalen Brown is 24. It's been said about a million times that it's the vets, it's the old guys who win in the NBA. So in retrospect, should the expectations been so high? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you're right. I mean, this is a team that's been to the conference finals 
three out of the last four years, uh, and that's that's remarkable. And 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 rather than the focus being on, uh, you know, well they've got to get farther this time, you should probably step back and say it's 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 pretty uh, stunning that these guys have been able to lead them there, uh, you know, that many times at their age. You know, I mean, it's it's going to take more time for them to really develop. Um, you know, one thing we've seen and, and and something to look out for tonight is is when things don't go well. You see Tatum sort of, uh, you know, as they call it, hero ball, play a lot of hero ball and, and take long two-pointers that are contested, you know, bad shots. Uh, but, but you know, he's trying to he's trying to force his team uh, back into a win, and, 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 and Jalen Brown has done that as well. Um, and, and that's something that they've got to learn not to do. Uh, they've got to learn how to handle adversity a little better, get other people involved. Uh, they try to do it themselves too often. But that's, that's to be expected when you're 20. 324. The fact that they've had so much success kind of raised those expectations, uh, but that's probably not fair. You know, they still have a lot to learn, especially like I say, when there's when there's a little bit of adversity. So, Brad Stevens, I thought you were going to answer that as far as uh, where the heat was being directed. Been there eight years, and you know he came from Indiana with Butler. In Indiana, the university's open. You think he would have any interest? Yeah, no, you know, I mean, there's, there's really been no, uh, you know, that, that comes up every time, uh, uh, there's a, a Big Ten school that has, uh, uh, that has an opening, especially if it's, if it's Indiana, I think, uh, the Hoosiers would love to, uh, uh, get hold of Brad Stevens, but, uh, uh, you know, Danny Ainge is pretty well committed to him and, and, and he's pretty well committed to the Celtics. So I don't see him going back to, uh, uh, back, back to the college ranks, at least not anytime soon. So how much does the departure of Gordon Hayward change this team, even though he wasn't, you know, the guy making thirty million scoring thirty points a game, he was getting paid big money, but do they miss kind of glue guy who scores a little, passes a little, plays some defense? And Yeah, they do. I mean there's no question that that you know, when I talk about the depth issue that that, that he's the guy who used to sort of mask uh, all those all, all those problems. Uh, you know, for him, of course, the the issue was he doesn't really want to be a blue guy. You know, he, he's got way more talent than that. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, obviously you see it in Charlotte now. Uh, but, um, but yeah, there's no question that they, that, that they miss him. Uh, you know, he was a guy who, when they needed scoring, could score. He was a guy who could handle the ball, uh, and, uh, and create for others very good passer. So, uh, there's no question that they miss him. Um, you know, like I said, they have this really inexperienced bench that, uh, uh, that the coach does not seem to, uh, want to rely on, but, but it's what he's got. And, uh, uh, and you know that's that's been a big issue that uh, uh, that that having Hayward uh, used to really mask some of the problems with that bench. So you look at Ainge, and I think that he has a reputation as somewhat uh, as a gunslinger, and he'll make some moves. And obviously, he brought a title to that uh, franchise when he made a bunch of moves. And you talk about how they have some inadequacies here. We have a trade deadline, and then obviously the off season coming up. Do you think he makes some moves in the immediacy? <laughs> and also over the long term. He certainly sent out say so they've got this traded player exception from from the uh from the Hayward uh, 
deal with uh, with with Charlotte, uh, and it's worth twenty eight million bucks. Uh, you know, because the cap rules, they could basically bring in somebody worth twenty million dollars without sending anything. They could just send back draft picks or whatever. Uh, so there's been talk about guys like uh, Harrison Barnes, maybe bringing back Al Horford, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, guys like that. Uh, but Ainge has sent pretty strong signals, uh, and maybe it's a smokescreen. But but uh, you know, other teams seem to have the the feeling that uh, uh, that that he wants to wait and use it in the off season. Uh, you know, when you could be a little more patient, you can uh, you could maybe find a, a team that's willing to give up on a guy. Um, but you know, it's 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 very frustrating for Celtics fans when he talks like that because I think he, you know. People really look at this team as as a team that has a chance to do something in the Eastern Conference, uh, and, uh, and 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 they need another player, and and it doesn't look like he's uh, uh, you know falling all over himself to uh, to bring in another guy. So uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 the smart money's probably on him waiting, uh, but uh, uh, but you know, I think that that would be very very frustrating for fans. I think they want to see him make a move. Well, Kimball Walker was a move that was supposed to have a big impact. How is that move being viewed now? Uh, you know, it's all about his left knee. So he's had this left knee issue uh, going back to his time in Charlotte, really. Uh, and they didn't think it was a big deal. Um, but, uh, you know, last January, so January 2020, uh, it started to really become a problem. And, and he wasn't the same player. It was obvious. Uh, he sat out for a while, comes back. Uh, and, uh, you know, was play, played pretty well in the bubble and in the playoffs, but, but still had, he still wasn't quite himself, you could tell. Um, had surgery in the offseason, kind of surprised everybody, uh, with the surgery that he had. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the knee's sort of been up and down since. You know, he came back in, uh, I think it was late January and, uh, uh, and, and has been okay at times and, and looked, uh, a little off at other times. So, uh, you know, if, when he's on, when he, when he's playing like, Kemba Walker, uh, they're they're a really good team. The thing is that you just don't know with that knee uh, when that's going to happen and, and, and when he's going to have an off night. Uh, um, you know, obviously every player has off nights, but but with him, you can kind of tell he doesn't have the same explosiveness sometimes. When you get a team like the Jazz that is doing very well in the regular season, but doesn't have a whole lot of playoff history success. Uh, like you can put Phoenix in that situation now too. Uh, Denver a couple years back. Mm-hmm. How much do you believe in them? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when you look at the Western Conference, yeah, uh, uh, when you get past the, the 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 Lakers, who you kind of presume if 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 Anthony Davis is healthy, uh, you know, to me, it's it's sort of anybody's ball game after that. You know, there's probably you know five other teams I can imagine. Uh, getting to the conference finals, the Jazz, uh, even Phoenix, uh, certainly the Clippers are probably the the, the, the favorite to uh, to play the Lakers in the conference finals. But you know they've they've not looked great. Uh, their defense has been terrible this year. Uh, Denver and, and and even Portland, uh, you know they've they, they've shown some flashes. Uh, you know you can imagine any of those teams putting together a run and getting to the conference finals. The question is, can you match up with the star power 
of of Anthony Davis and LeBron James uh, when you get there. Uh, you know, is is any other team really uh, right now? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think even the Clippers with the the two star players they have, uh, the the Jazz with the depth that they have, uh, the Suns with the way Chris Paul is playing. You know, I, I just don't think anybody can really you know when it comes down to beating LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a seven game series. Uh, I don't think anybody in the West can do it. So um, yeah, you know I. I, I You'd have to put the Jazz, you know, probably at the top of the list with the Clippers of teams that that'll likely uh, be in the in the conference finals. I just don't see either of those teams uh, knocking off the Lakers in the end. So, if you flip that over to the Eastern Conference, is that the same thing you think about the Nets and their star power? Yeah, I mean, man, you know, Philadelphia's played really, really well. Uh, Miami has gotten its act together. Uh, you know, I mentioned that they had some COVID stuff early on, but but they've been terrific lately. Uh, so if either one of those teams makes a move, you know, if, if Kyle Lowry goes to Philadelphia or Miami, uh, then I'd give uh, I'd give them at least a chance uh, against Brooklyn. Uh, but you're going to have it's going to have to be you know one of those teams is going to have to make a really major move uh, to, to to really be a threat to the Nets. The Nets are just right now they're just a juggernaut, and <laughs> we haven't even seen uh, Kevin Durant uh, for, for most of this. Uh, you know, it's just their their offense is is, is off the charts, and uh, and I just don't see anybody being able to to slow them down and and uh, uh, and contain them. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to see uh, uh, anything except Brooklyn being in the finals. Sean, thanks for a few minutes and coming on and talking a little uh, Celtics and NBA with us. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Sean Devaney joining us here, NBA editor for Heavy.com, contributor for Forbes Sports, and he is based in Boston. And PK, when he talks about the West, it's a lot of what uh, we've talked about and heard from uh, other guests. The Jazz are a, a threat, and they've got a shot – but the Lakers are the favorites. Well, yeah, that's that's the NBA. I mean, you can usually pick two or three teams that are going to be there in the end, and you're probably going to have about uh, an 80% chance of getting them right. So the joy is in the mystery leading up to it. And then if it gets to that point, can it actually happen? Usually it doesn't happen, and the teams that are identified as the favorites, and now especially since we're halfway through the season, that they are the teams that usually come to pass are the ones still playing and standing at the end. So, yeah, I mean, everybody thinks that. I mean, why wouldn't you? The Jazz have no playoff history. You can't expect them to go in there. and, and they, they mean, they have some playoff history. I shouldn't say none. But the first round really isn't that big of a deal. I mean, no one's talking about being a title contender just getting out of the first round. Maybe the second round, if you get into the final four of your – uh, well, in the league and the conference, and then that could be a situation where, all right, I take you seriously. But until the Jazz get to that point, they don't have any history that says they can rely on it. The Celtics being young, uh, uh, so what? I mean, they got there last year. So the expectations, the expect, because they're so young, the expectations the expectation is should be even, even more, more so yep. the next year. Yeah. All right, so I don't DJ- think their expectations are unrealistic. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Tim LaCombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, coming up at 8.30. Stay with us.